What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the SoCo Show. It's episode number 162. This is the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the so-host, Seth Ott. There we go. Hua, indeed. And, of course, the newly minted bro-host... Jared Buckendall. JB. Hey, How you hey, what, the new nickname after Hey, hey, what's going on, my dudes? I got a couple frat sodas. I got no <laughs> sleeves on. Let's do this. Frat bro sodas. Oh, man. The, the sun is out, and so are the guns today. Don't wow. worry. Safety's on. Flexing on them. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and we got to change the lyrics. Missed- to that, to that, oh, the intro for that, for Jared's song, it's the bro, bro, <laughs> bro, bro. <laughs> I wonder if I can, hmm, hmm, I, I wonder hmm. if I can make that happen. Hmm. It'd be, a, it'd be a test of my audio editing skills, but maybe I'll give it a shot. Um, we are uh, hot off of last week's first ever hot. SoCo show live, which went incredibly well. And we wanted to, first of all, say a thank you to everyone who joined us live and uh, was part of the conversation in the comments. We honestly, it went better than we could have hoped and it was um, such a fun experience for us and we hope you guys enjoyed it. And we're really excited to do this on a monthly basis now. Currently we're planning for October 28th, which is a Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central for our next monthly show. So stick that in your calendars. And stick smoke that it. in your calendar. I was just gonna say uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> we're running on all um, cylinders. Yeah, there we go. We are off and running. Um, and, uh, of course, got to give Jared, we got to give you another big shout out for uh, for making it happen on the YouTubes and on the StreamYard. Uh, went really great. And uh, hope you enjoyed having a few extra listens uh, or extra view time on the on the YouTube channel last week. Oh, hell yeah. No, the thing is, uh, it was one of those things, I think, uh, you know, a little peek behind the curtain. We were all a little nervous, you know, a little skittish about what what's going to happen and whatnot. I think it turned out great. You guys did wonderful. And uh, just just let me know what what outlay oh, overlays to throw up. And I got this. That's all I got to do is just click <laughs> click some overlays. <laughs> <laughs> I, I this is a new medium, much like Sounders, uh, where I, I can definitely see us playing, and I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with some shit that we come up with. So, guys, if you missed the live show, um, of course you could listen to the audio only version, but that's not quite as fun. And and listen, and looking at the analytics, it seems like a lot of you um, are chose to do the live route instead, which is awesome, which is why we do it. So, um, you know, we're always going to record those for folks who want to catch up later, but it really is the place to be if you want to get top-notch SoCo show. You're going to want to join that live show on October 28th next month. Uh, Also, a little bit of quick promo before we do get into the show. Uh, The two of you are coming hot off of the uh, hot off recording another podcast, uh, Movies and Nonsense for Your Patrons. Uh, No, it was Wine'em, Dine'em, 69'em. It's a new oh, podcast. I, that's yeah. the new one. Yeah. I forgot all about that. It's one, where we um, talk about sex and food. <laughs> you know what? If that doesn't exist, someone should do that podcast. Because you're that, welcome. The, those are most people's favorite things. I guess we'll have to tune in. If you're not already a patron, a, a patron uh, of JB. Jared Buckendall. I think we keep a link to this in the description. If we don't, I'll add it. So go over there, and, and the, the podcast with Seth is a patron only. And it sounds like they're going to be talking about, you know, they're going to be talking about eating butt and eating burgers. So <laughs> between those two things, something for everybody. Now, I think uh, we'll have to put that one right in the same podcast network as um, Sex Spiels. <laughs> I think, I think fans, fans of Lou are going to like um, 
uh, your guys' food and booty podcast. Food and booty. Uh, there's there's a Ooh. suggestion for a name for food it. Food and booty, food and booty. <laughs> food and booty, food and booty, rocking everywhere. <laughs> theme song. Guys, I'm doing all the work for you here. <laughs> I found you, double cheeseburger. <laughs> it's, it's just it, when you when you hit when you find a good idea guy it just happens that, that you you're if you're listening at home you're witnessing magic like there's no way this doesn't become the it's next magic. hundred million dollar Spotify podcast man it's got to be video though said. it's got to be video because the thing is it's a podcast while we're eating oh okay wow that's gonna okay so someone with a mouthful of cheeseburger talking about cunnilingus I I think I think you're onto something there. I really do. Or it could be the other thing, you know, a mouthful of cunnilingus and eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is. Uh, oh, that's, that's nasty. nasty. I I actually don't know. Is it? That's awesome, Bill. Is it awesome or nasty? I can't tell which. That's nasty my, awesome. My my birthday is coming up. I think I know what I'm asking for. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. That's getting cut. There's no way I'm putting that. No, no, no. Gina, no. Listen, Gina listens to the show. There's no gotta, way I'm keeping that. Got to keep it in. Got to keep you it gotta. in. <laughs> that's the rules of the show. Yeah. Yep. No. No edits. Ever since we've gone live, um, no more edits to the show. Uh, well, actually, that's going to help me out greatly on this particular episode because I, I don't have a huge window of time to edit it. So I'm not actually going to take that out. So. Um, Wow, that made me laugh really hard. Um, anyway, uh, lots of fun stuff on the show this week. Uh, we're going to get to a lot of reviews. We're going to have a new twist on a segment that uh, we've been doing for a while, so stay tuned Rip for that. Rip Torn Dirty Porn. Uh, yeah, it's an, is it Rip Torn or Dirty Porn? Stay tuned. To, and, if, and if you don't remember what Rip Torn or Dirty Porn is, I feel sorry for you, because that, that comes from the... <laughs> It comes from a golden age when we were doing like a new segment every week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What are we going to do? We're going to talk about the Emmys. Uh, They happened this weekend. We're going to recap the news and share our thoughts on that. Uh, A few reviews like I talked about both in TV and in movies. Uh, And I'm sure we'll have a whole bunch of other fun shit in between. But before we get into any of that stuff, you know we got to do some chic tweets. I call you a punk. Hey, Cody. What's up? Here's a pretty good idea. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll just go do that. <laughs> yeah. That's what Iron Sheik says. Um, he did say that. That's one of his tweets. Um, he had a lot of amazing, not even just like good or great, amazing tweets. So I got I think I got to read them all. I'll go th- pretty quick through them. The first one that I really enjoyed uh, is Iron Sheik must have been going to uh, get some get some uh, get a cup of Joe because he says, "Fuck the vanilla half frap grande latte with the five pumps at Starbucks." Then <laughs> <laughs> then he he's he's very liquid focused right now. He says, "2020 is worse than the Sprite." Because <laughs> if you remember, he doesn't like Sprite. <laughs> um, he then says, um, "Here, there, and everywhere, go fuck yourself." Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He also says, "Fly me to the moon so I can beat the fuck out of the stars." <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite one. I, I remember seeing that one, and I, I almost pissed myself when I saw that one. That's my favorite one. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, can you just imagine, like, Iron Sheik gets shot into the fucking sky, and he's up there just <laughs> fucking beating the hell out of a star? <laughs> 
I would rather watch that than the Captain Marvel sequel that they're going to be working on. There you honestly. go. Well, he, um, you know, he 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 likes that comment because he says, "Winner, winner, fuck the chicken dinner." <laughs> <laughs> um, he, uh, Cody, I know you say this phrase a lot. He says, "If you say in a jiffy, you can fuck yourself." Oh man, do I say in a jiffy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I um, hope not. Next time I do, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna realize it. And and finally, I don't understand this at all, but it's my favorite. Um, he says, "I be honest with you, the kung pao chicken is okay, better than nothing." He doesn't even swear or say jabroni in that one. He just straight up was That's rating. The whole thing? Yeah, I be honest with you. The Kung Pao chicken is okay. Better than nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That was, that's funny because what I was going to say is all those tweets sound like almost like a chic parody account. Like someone, Mm -hmm. someone's like, oh, okay, I I understand the chic joke and now I'm going to make it a bunch. Yeah. But that last one's like just a reminder that Sheikah Baby's really on the other side of that, and apparently he's enjoying some Kung Pao chicken. <laughs> Yum. Oh, man. Wow. Like, I think he tasted a little bit of, like, ad- additional fame, which he doesn't have a ton right now, but um, with the NBA stuff going, like, he tweeted about the NBA and got some attention there. I think some people mm-hmm. are starting to catch on to the Sheik, but, man, oh, man, that, that guy's crazy. I love him. You know, you mentioned the NBA thing, and... Uh, I know I talked to you, Seth, about this. I'm not sure, Jared, if if, if we talked about this yet. Um, but on the NBA, uh, TNT's NBA uh, postgame show, they did chic tweets. They did the exact fucking segment that we've been doing. Wait, and what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm serious. I'm not saying that they stole it because they don't fucking, Shaq doesn't know us. Um, but they so did, show. they were, what they were actually doing was um, they were showing just tweets about the game that night. And the Iron Sheik popped up, and he had, like, a funny one. Like, LeBron James, the king, Bubba, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and then, like, Kyrie, uh, or Kawhi Leonard, I break his fucking neck or make him humble or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Uh, classic Sheik tweet, but about basketball. And they posted it up there, and Charles Barkley started talking, and he was like, oh, I know the Iron Sheik, but uh, I'm a personal friend of Ric Flair. Woo! And and so they were started talking shit, and then Shaq had something to say about the Sheik, and they were going like for for like a minute and a half they talked about the Sheik, and I was watching it and like trying to get my phone so I could record it, and it, I didn't end up getting to it in time. But I was like, am I going nuts or are these guys fucking doing Sheik tweets? And yeah. I don't know if anybody out there has the ability to get that clip, but I want it so badly because it's it's very it's it's the same thing. It's, Man, you need you so need hard. to serve them with some sort of like uh, court uh, date or something to you know fight over the the rights for that. Wouldn't that be Fuck. hilarious? The Fuck SoCo him. Show versus TNT. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't hit the Kyle's court. <laughs> fucking, yeah, Mar- <laughs> Marv Albert's over there hitting a fucking button that goes, I call you a punk, Danny. <laughs> Stole our sound. If that happens, they're going to be, oh, it's going to be the three of us storming into their fucking, storming into the room. <laughs> The litigants for this next case are the SoCo Show. They made a joke nobody listened to, and then some other guys made the same joke, and they're pissed about it. Let's see if they get some money. Here covering think, the case think... is Gary Busey. <laughs> oh, we could go to pet court. Oh, guys. Hit the Gary Busey I don't know, sounder. I, is one of... I don't have it on this board. Uh, 
to uh, to you guys, is one of you taking notes? Because we're 16, 16 minutes or so into this, into at least my recording session. And uh, so far, we have come up with like three different million dollar ideas. I'm just saying, uh, someone write those down and we're going to be rich. Uh, where are we at? Are we still in chic tweets? Let's get out of chic tweets. I call you a punk. Let's shout out our, our growing list of sponsors. Uh, first of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you found a loophole. <laughs> I just thought of that, that now, honestly. That's why I laughed before I did it. Like, I and thought of that that second. Um, but no, I won't that do that. Is, Free. That is debaucherous. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. <laughs> um, who's next? Mathis Designs, uh, stationary graphic design. If you want to commission a piece, head over to mathisdesigns.com. Uh, if you got some wood that needs working, head over to etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wed. We know him as Mike's Wood. Head over there to get your wood worked. Oh, my and if you need music, which we did, uh, the guy that does our new, brand new, and uh, as I, if I say so myself, that funky new, new. as hell, that new new, uh, the guy that did it for us is NPA. You can link in the description box to his Spotify page and follow him there. Uh, NPA, also know as, known as Nolan, uh, a partner with our own Jared Buckendall on Room 56 Studios, uh, another sponsor of the show, and uh, I, I guess we haven't thought of anything cute to do with those. We haven't talked about it. I don't know. Any suggestions, Jared? Um, yeah. What? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't. That's like, good. for some reason, for some reason, that, a though. 90s Mountain Dew commercial came to my mind. Do it again? What? That's it. That's, the, that, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta That'll do that be, every time. I'm glad, I'm glad Seth had you redo it, because now I have silence on either side. It's going to be really easy to copy. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Thanks for the sounder. You're welcome. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's what you got to do every time. So that's, that's your new... All right. You have a sound cue now. Perfect. I'm glad that that's going to be worked into our business model. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, if you want free advertising on the show, you're, you're going to do the sounds. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Oh, I like it. I like it. Uh, that's our equivalent of the casting couch. Uh, you're, you're just gonna have to. You're just gonna have to make some crazy noises. Just sit over there and make sounds. <laughs> That'd yeah. be my casting couch. <laughs> now, can you lean over that table, please? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what kind oh, of sounds? <laughs> the sound you make after you say Mike's rails. wood. <laughs> wow, this is getting out of hand. We gotta. We gotta cut to something else, guys. Let's go to a previously recorded ad about Anchor. Alrighty, hopefully you guys are done making noises on the casting couch, um, because we need to shout out our anchor wankers. Uh, Wanker. I did notice that uh, after I took five fucking shots on the live show, a couple of our anchor wankers disappeared. <laughs> oh no, did something bad happen to them? Yeah, that's, well, all the fictional ones, which frankly I knew was going to happen, but... Um, <laughs> Was a little bit insulted, because uh, I'll tell you guys this, I, I was fucking hungover after taking, because I haven't been drinking a lot during quarantine. Uh, I wouldn't say that I've quit drinking, I just haven't been very much. And so those five shots were the most I've drank in a long time. 
And so I was fully hung. I, t- I texted you guys about this. I kind of felt like shit the next morning, not aggressively so, but just a little bit like, ugh. And um, I was like, what the hell am I? Am I sick? What am I doing? And uh, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, I had five shots of vodka last night. That was it. <laughs> so shouts out, shouts out to our fictional and now disappeared anchor wankers. Um, but big shouts out to Tyler Vandenhall, who uh, has stuck around and, and um, is an actual anchor wanker uh, alongside Wanka. Mike Vandenhall, Casey Cheeves, Jared Buckendall, and Anna Swanson. Uh, you guys really are helping us uh, keep some keep software going, helping us get new equipment and keeping the show uh, not only continuing to run, but continuing to pro- improve all the time. So big shouts out to those anchor wankers. And for the folks who want to join that list, uh, you can link to our anchor page and become a contributor there. Uh, you can also leave voicemail on the same page. So if you want to hear your voice on the SoCo show, that would be the place to do it. All that on Anchor. And and who knows? Maybe someday, just like Jared, um, you can, you know, keep paying paying your monthly uh, support, and eventually you could become a host of the show. So, yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, if if that's why Jared's yeah, here. Maybe. Yeah. Don't pay us enough. And let it's... them know that you guys don't <laughs> want me here. I just paid to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> You guys got to see his, his the amount the amount he supports though it's crazy so sixty nine dollars a month yeah Cody and I made up fictional jobs because of how much Jared pays us we don't want it to like I just let the secret out but money ahead, laundering actually... you're trying to money launder here <laughs> right we don't actually work uh, Jared works for a cartel then he pays us to do the podcast that's how it all works so. well that gig's blown now <laughs> <laughs> my cover no. Yeah, it's 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 about time. I was kind of finished living a lie, um, yeah. and now that everyone knows that Jared's paying, I mean, we might as well be fully transparent. Jared's paying us about two hundred fifty thousand dollars this year to be a host, mm-hmm. and so that's pretty comfortable living for Seth and I. So we're we're in a good mood. And if you want to donate at that level, of course, uh, you can head over to <laughs> the anchor page and um, become a contributor, and and we'll put your ass on the show. I prom I promise. Yeah. If you donate that much to us, we'll, we'll put you on the show. <laughs> Wait, you you're getting paid two hundred fifty thousand? You said thousand after two hundred fifty? No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. I I've um no, I forgot because what you and I are splitting is just two hundred fifty. I I forgot to. Uh, I miss I misspoke. The thousand was the total. <laughs> well, this miss, is this uh, is awkward because I was just giving Seth money for Dunkaroos every week, just one pack <laughs> of Dunkaroos. So now now I need to pay him a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Well. Cha-ching. If you want to send us that cash, become an anchor wanker. Cash money. <laughs> oh, that's... I, <laughs> don't be surprised that's on the money. next week. It's bully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, what else is going on? That's our sponsors. Uh, let's move into the show proper, and we're going to start the big news of the week, the Emmys. And we're going to go ahead and recap those now. Uh, let's jump into TV news. That's what she said. TV. TV. All righty. TV. We indeed. haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah, we don't use it often. So I'm glad that the occasion came up today. And uh, it's a big occasion. The Emmys uh, went off on Sunday. It was a socially distanced affair with, you know, everyone calling in by, uh, by Skype and things. And um, I actually didn't watch myself. Did either of you watch? Was it smooth or did you check it out? No, I watched football. I did not watch the Emmys. Yeah. It's kind of funny to me. Like, we're, we're the, the TV and movie podcast, and we don't watch the Emmys, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny, it just felt... But... It just felt... I mean, I don't know. I, I 
the whole like i mean and i get why they're doing it this socially distance all that stuff like that's good that they're doing it but it just does still doesn't same thing with snl that last year it's like i just mm-hmm. don't want to watch something that's like that although i don't know what they're doing with snl because they're coming back and they didn't say whether it's snl at home it seemed like they're doing a normal show so i wonder if they're going to be back in the in uh in the studio there hmm. with, with no crowds. i hope so yeah, I think that would have... Gosh, and the crowd so makes SNL, too. I don't know. It would be interesting to see what they do. You're right. Although, I wouldn't Even hate, if they got like, a few people in there, it would be better. I know we're tangenting just a little, but I wouldn't hate if you... Just, like, if the crew... You hear the crew and uh, cast laughing and stuff. Like, I wouldn't yeah. hate that. Mm-hmm. More authentic or whatever? It would, yeah, it would feel like you're watching it behind the scenes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you can hear, if, like, oh, cool. that person laughed at that. So they have, you know, you, you can see who's humor you're... You know, because I'm sure you can under like laughs are probably distinct for some of those people. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be fun. They got to have someone there. It can't be completely silent. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they can do the NFL pumping in the crowd noise. Thing. <laughs> 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 if they got a laugh track for SNL. That'd be pretty entertaining. That'd be strange. Yeah, we'll be keeping an eye out on SNL. Uh, they are going to feature in our Emmys conversation uh, as is as per usual. They were nominated. So we'll take a look and see if they won. Um, but guys, let's start at the top of the show and I'm going to go through in order. I have an entertainment weekly article with the list of winners and, uh, we'll post this link in the description if you want to see all the details. But, um, guys, the, I think the biggest news to come out of the Emmys was Schitt's Creek and Mm -hmm. just like full stop Schitt's Creek Mm -hmm. because they were nominated and, uh, and won seven awards on awards night and then they also won a couple others during the creative arts emmys and and a couple other things there's all those emmys that nobody really ever hears about and i think they got a couple of those plus seven on the night of and the way the show works apparently is they handed out all the comedy emmys right away so at the beginning of the show it was just shits creek shits creek shits creek shits creek all in a row (laughs) for seven awards (laughs) and um i think it's i think it's really cool so let me let me run down the list, and then I want to get your guys' reaction to this. So, um, Outstanding Lead Actress went to Catherine O'Hara. Um, outstanding Lead Actor went to Eugene Levy. Um, outstanding Writing went to Dan Levy um, for, for the last episode. And then Outstanding Directing was Dan Levy and his directing partner, Andrew Sividino, uh, for that same episode, the last one. Um, outstanding Supporting Actor went to Dan Levy. Um, outstanding Supporting Actress went to Annie Murphy. And Outstanding Comedy Series went to the series Shit's Creek. So a, a clean sweep, which uh, I think has never happened, or at the very least, it's not happened in a very, very long time. So truly historic results um, for Shit's Creek coming out of the Emmys. I am curious because I know I've seen all of Shit's Creek, so I have my own opinion, but I want to hear you guys' first <clears throat> because I know you haven't seen the entire show. Does something like this... Does Schitt's Creek sweeping its its categories, does it, what's your reaction to that for a show that you haven't seen? Does it make you want to watch it? Does it annoy you because you're like, oh, there are other shows I wish got recognition. Uh, what, what do you, what's your reaction when you hear Schitt's Creek won fucking everything? I mean, I think it's pretty cool that they did for a show that I don't even know how many times in the past it was even nominated. Like, it, it, it's a show that I think, especially over this quarantine, more and more people have been catching on to. Um, it's a, cause it's a super bingeable show. And like you've talked about, it's, you know, uh, it's, it'll make you laugh quite a bit and make you feel good. So I think a lot of people caught on gained a lot of popularity over this last, uh, six months or so. 
And I think that definitely came into play because it's like one of those where everyone who watches it now is like, I can't believe I missed this. This is the funniest show, all that stuff. Um, I do want to eventually catch it, but I mean, I'm bad about starting whole shows mm-hmm. like that. Uh, there's mm-hmm. so much behind it. Like, I, it just feels like a task to go through <laughs> it all. I'm sure this wouldn't because it's so funny and all that stuff. Um, like I did with the Goldbergs years ago. Like it had a lot of seasons, and I just caught up and I loved it. I'm sure this will be the same. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not totally surprised by them winning all this stuff because it is the final season and all that. But um, yeah, I, I think it sounds like it's well deserved. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. I mean, I've only seen I want to say the first two seasons, and then I kind of just fell off. Um, you know, time and whatnot, but it it's it, I'm assuming it's it gets better as the seasons continue. So I mean, if it's anything up mm-hmm. from the first couple seasons, it's it's got to be great. And I know that you know it it obviously had uh, a lot of Twitter buzz, and a lot of people on that Monday or even later that night were like, "Well, I'm gonna go watch it." And then yeah, they said that they absolutely love it, and they're like, "I can't believe I missed out on this," and blah blah blah. It really is like. I think I'm of two minds. The one is, of course, it's well-deserved. I mean, as you said, Seth, during quarantine especially, it's seen a huge uptick in in just popularity, and not only in people watching it, um, because it always had some ratings. You don't get six seasons without someone watching. Um, (laughs) But they... um, the amount of people talking about it and and the, the amount of hashtags and things and the amount of attention it's gotten on social media has, like gone through the roof over the last couple of years, but especially surrounding this last season. And so I do think there is that element of the Emmy voters going, man, we missed on this a lot. Like this could have won more Emmys. And I'm sure there is that lifetime achievement um, aspect in this, but I really do think it's deserved. I I, I think that this is a show that deserves all the recognition it's gotten and, and frankly should have gotten more over the years. So I'm glad to see this. Uh, the second half of my mind is, you know, that's that's all well and good. I do wish that there were also, you know, an, it, that some of these other series would also have gotten some recognition, right? Like Mrs. Maisel. I know, uh, Seth, you said that's continued to be really good. Um, Blackish. Uh, they, they've gotten a lot of attention historically. Um, the Good Place, which also had its final season, uh, and they had their their series finale, was nominated for, uh, for writing. And... Um, yeah, that was it just for writing. And I thought that was another series that ended really well and had a really well done finale. So I would have liked to have seen that maybe get some recognition. So n- not that Shit's Creek didn't deserve all the awards that it got, but I do think when you clean up like that, um, there is kind of that shortchanging. But I guess that's just the way it is, you know, that, that some people got to lose. Um, I will say, though, with, with saying, like, your, your point of, like, it was on for six seasons and so you know, it must've been good. It was on fucking TV guide channel. And then that turned into pop Mm -hmm. TV. So (laughs) Betty White's fucking show with her as a 90 year old senior citizen fumbling around, um, that lasted for however long. So it's like, I mean, any show is going to get renewed on that channel. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. You got a point there. And, uh, community also limped to a crappy sixth season too. So I guess it's not, uh, maybe not as automatic as I said, you're right about that one. Um, so besides besides Schitt's Creek, uh, there were some other awards. It wasn't all Schitt's Creek. But what I will say is if you're a fan of Schitt's Creek or if you're just, you know, coming on to the show, um, the cast of that show is all like really good on Twitter and Instagram to follow, especially Dan Levy um, or Levy. I'm not sure how you say it, but um, 
him specifically, just like how how actually genuinely appreciative and shocked he is at the success of the show is really cool. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for someone who's gonna, you know, you can tell by their reactions to all, and all the cast members, because none of these guys are ever expected to win an Emmy for the show. Mm-hmm. And um, you can see genuine, sh- like, surprise and genuine appreciation for it. And it's it's just a really great, you know, it's different than if, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus walks out and wins her eighth or something like that, you know, and that's not to say she doesn't appreciate what she gets, but you can really see it with these guys. And so I, w- I would suggest seeking some of that stuff out if you want to have your heart warmed. Uh, let's go on. And uh, so this is one of mine that I, I keep track of. We don't need to spend a ton of, ta- ton of time on this, but Outstanding Variety Talk Series. So this is like your Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah, Jimmy Kimmel, Colbert. Uh, last week tonight with John Oliver won this one. Uh, they've won this a few times before, but they've had a really excellent year, but a lot of great shit in that category. Um, but, uh, I'm always excited to see John Oliver win cause I watch him. Um, so let's go to next. We've got, uh, let's see limited series. Uh, first of all, I would say the highlight here, Regina King winning for Watchmen uh, for Outstanding Lead Actress in a limited series. So she beat Kate Blanchett, Octavia Spencer, Carrie Washington, and Shira Hass. And uh, I don't think this was a surprise to anyone. She was, I think, the front runner from start. And she was excellent in this. I'm telling you, you guys, uh, I know you've each seen bits of Watchmen or, or at least parts. You got to go back and watch that whole thing. It's really, really fun. Jared, especially you, because now that I know you're really enjoying um, Lovecraft Country. I mm-hmm. think a lot of what you like there is also present in Watchmen. So that's like you got to go check that one out. Yeah, I know that that's one that uh, I'm I'm kicking myself for not doing. And again, you know, the last what handful of months, I've I've dove into TV a little bit more, and I know that that one is high on the list to check out. I don't think any of us watched this, but for outstanding lead actor in a limited series. Uh, we had Hugh Jackman was nominated here and we all liked him in Bad Education, but the mm-hmm. winner was Mark Ruffalo and he played twins in I Know This Much Is True. Am I correct in assuming none of us watched this? That I is not, correct. No. Yeah, I don't think so. And I don't even know anyone who's seen it. Um, so other than the HBO commercials telling me they're getting good reviews, I, I don't know much about this, but I do like Ruffalo and it seems, you know, anytime you have to act against yourself, um, I understand that's probably pretty difficult. So uh, well-deserved win for him there um let's see here writing uh for limited series also went to Watchmen for uh one of the episodes this may have been the last episode of Watchmen I don't recognize the title here but another another good one Watchmen had a pretty good showing uh and then for directing uh in a limited series that one went to uh Maria Schrader for Unorthodox I'm not familiar with the show at all do you guys know anything about Unorthodox Mm mm-mm hmm that one snuck by me entirely when I saw that. Because, I, I mean, I saw on here, uh, Little Fires did, Everywhere was on here. Mm-hmm. Watchmen was on here. There three different episodes of Watchmen were on here. I fully expected one of them to win um, for directing. But I guess this this other show, Unorthodox, someone's going to have to tell me in the comments what, what it is. But, um, yeah, that I got the I just know that it's Caitlin Deaver, um, I think. Or no. Maybe that's a different show. She was in um on something else. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So yeah, no, it's not Caitlin either. Then I have no idea. Count me yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know this either. Um anyway, someone watch Unorthodox tell us how it is. Um on the tweets or on the Facebook at Soko Show Pod. Um, let's see. Let's go to oh, um two oh, actually there's a few limited series ones left. I'll go through them quickly. Are you okay? Um <laughs> Yahya Abdul <laughs> Yahya Abdul Mateen the uh, second wins for Watchmen 
which I think was well-deserved. Uh, he beats out Dylan McDermott, Jim Parsons, Titus Burgess, um, who, Seth, I know you really liked in the Kimmy Schmidt um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Choose Your Own Adventure. And then Yaya was actually one of three um, one of three nominees for Watchmen. So, again, pretty good night for Watchmen. They would also take home the award for Outstanding Limited Series. Um, and then the, the one remaining um, award was for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Movie. And that one went to Uso... Uh, Aduba, I hope I'm saying that right for Mrs. America, which had three of the six nominees. Uh, so I don't, again, I, I don't know who's seen Mrs. America, but um, someone let us know if that's a good one that we need to gravitate toward because I got some Oscar or some Emmy love. I think it's Captain America. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Understandable. I, I should have. Yep. I'm reading that wrong. Yeah. I, I, I especially love, <laughs> I especially love Margot Martindale. In Captain <laughs> America. She's really excellent in that one. Um, um, I, I, and this is going to be a slight or a big tangent, really. Um, but every time I, um, hear Miss, Miss or Mr. America, like I've sometimes, I don't know, like Captain America sometimes remind me of this. Um, I just remember when I was, <laughs> when I was growing up, uh, Hulk Hogan <laughs> played a character or, um, dressed up instead of being Hulk Hogan, he was Mr. America and just wore blue pants and a blue mask with a star on it, and he kind of looked like a lame ass Power Ranger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the whole the whole gimmick of it was um, Hulk Hogan got fired from the WWE, and he so then Mister America came onto the scene, and it was just Hulk Hogan in a mask, and he was f- fooling people into thinking that he was. People didn't believe that that was Hulk Hogan, even though he came up to the same song and wore the same pants, but just blue and wore a mask. I, I pulled up some images. You guys got to give this a Google because it's it's like anyone who's not an idiot knows that's Hulk Hogan. Like it's they, they didn't even try to hide it. Like his, his yeah. very um, his signature handlebar mustache is exposed in his mask. And, um, yeah, he's got some American flag pants, and, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he came out to his, you know, I am a real American, that, that his entrance <laughs> song. Um, came out with, like, a flag and stuff. Man, it was, man. Wow. They try and do some stupid stuff in wrestling. Moving in on uh, Rey Mysterio's uh, mask there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no kidding. All the luchadors, I'm sure, love that one. <laughs> Mr. America uh, didn't win any Emmys this year, um, although I think the sex tape might have been nominated when that came out. So um, I guess he's gotten his love before. <laughs> uh, let's see. Outstanding. You know, Seth, I know you were pulling for um, for Holy Moly to make a surprise <laughs> but it did not. Uh, outstanding reality competition program, RuPaul's Drag Race, which gets a lot of love. It's not um, not a show I'm necessarily interested in, but a lot of people really dig that one, so it wins. I don't think this is the first time for them either, so uh, shout-out to RuPaul. Uh, let's see. Seth, I want to ask you about this one. Outstanding lead actor in a drama series. We have Jeremy Strong won for Succession. Uh, he was also mm-hmm. up against Brian Cox for Succession, uh, Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us, Jason Bateman for Ozark, and I know you watched all those. Uh, did you like Strong? Do you think this was uh, was a good win here, or were you pulling for maybe Bateman or Sterling K. Brown? Yeah, I did actually just pick back up Succession um, this week earlier, so I'm about halfway through the first season now. Um, and yeah, he's great. Um, that show, is, it's really good, uh, especially if like um, you're into... I mean, because it's all about the entertainment industry, really, because um, the family, 
um, business is um, essentially media. So it's like TV, movies, theme parks, licensing, like stuff like that is what the the whole show is about and the business and all that. So there's like it's very much about like the deals that go on behind the scenes with like um, production companies and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, so it's really interesting. So if you're into like business deals and stuff like that at all, like a business, business dramas, or if you're into like kind of entertainment industry or media industry in general, um, really good show, but he, he's, he's really good in it. Hmm. I like this succession. I, I've known for a while. It's one of those shows that I think everyone's got these where it's like, I know I'm going to like that. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of when am I going to start it? And, and um, and it's really more than what I just mentioned. It's a family drama slash comedy mm-hmm. too. It's actually some some really funny characters in it. Um, they pretty much immediately like establish the the dynamic, which is really like that. That's just impressive in itself. Of like just one episode, it's like boom, this is what this is, and you're already in it. You know, so it's really good. I like it a lot. Hmm. Succession going on the list. Jeremy Strong taking home the Emmy. Uh, let's check out the ladies here. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series went to, this was a surprise, Zendaya wins for Euphoria. Yeah. She's the youngest actress ever to win this award at 24. And she was up against, I mean, this was a legit category. Jennifer mm-hmm. Aniston was here for The Morning Show, Olivia Coleman for The Crown, Jodie Comer and Killing Eve, who I think has won this award before, or at least mm-hmm. been nominated. Laura Linney was up for Ozark. Seth, I know you like her in that. Sandra Oh, I know she's won for Killing Eve. Um, but Zendaya takes it home. This is another one of those shows that I'm embarrassed to say that no one on this show has watched. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't seem like my taste because from what I'm told, it's like depressing and really dark. But mm-hmm. uh, you got to be impressed by Zendaya and this bringing home the Emmy uh, in, in what was a pretty stacked category. Yeah, I heard she was she's the youngest uh, to ever win it. And she's only like the second, I think, black uh, actress to, to win that. So, wow. yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy. I dig it, man. I mean, this is one of those, uh, maybe, maybe for the folks who were watching the Burgers and Booty podcast, maybe they're interested in Euphoria, because when I'm, I'm told there's a lot of uh, heavy, heavy adult content in that one, so uh, check out Zendaya in that, big winner. Oh, I think um, there's a lot of cheeseburgers in that show. Yeah. yeah I don't you know had me and then lost me. <laughs> um, let's go to Outstanding Writing. For a drama, so Seth, I know you were complaining about Better Call Saul. You don't get no respect. Uh, <laughs> they were nominated in this category, but didn't win. Um, the winner here was uh, one of the episodes of Succession. Uh, this is not for Tears, which is season two, so I know this isn't an episode yeah. um, that you have watched yet. Ozark had a few episodes in here as well. Um, I just want to give you an opportunity, Seth, if you want to scream and shout about Better Call Saul, it might be a good chance to do that now. You don't get no respect. <laughs> there you go. Uh, another award for Succession, uh, Outstanding Directing, uh, another season two episode. Uh, Andrish Parekh uh, was the winning director. And then as we go to uh, the actors, uh, Outstanding Supporting Actor, I-, I was a fan of this one, Billy Crudup in The Morning Show. Really, really liked his role in that one. Uh, another really good category. You shut Petter- the crud up. Giancarlo Esposito was uh, representing here for Better Call Saul. A few succession nominees. Um, Bradley Whitford was here for Handmaid's Tale. Uh, And then Mark Duplass, who was also on the morning show, as well as Jeffrey Wright in Westworld. So uh, Billy Crudup wins that one. Um, Again, slight tangent. Um, Mark Duplass, he, so Room 104 came back like a couple months ago. 
um, mm-hmm. which you know is a show he um, co-runs and all that stuff. He was he acted in the, his first episode, um, and it's a it's the first episode of the, the last season, season four. Um, he, it's called The Murderer, and he plays like this. Um, basically, he was like a, a, a prodigy type, like um, singer. Like um, he plays guitar and sings, and like is like someone who like had came out with his first album and people said it was like revolutionary and, and all this stuff. And then, um, he just disappears. Like he hits a high level, like a lot of hype and then just disappears and like goes around and sings, uh, at like open mics and shit like that. And there's like people who really know music, um, like who love music and like love the underground stuff. Like they know about this guy, but no one else does. Um, and so like they bring him to the room to sing and he plays this really strange character it's like some something i like <laughs> you wouldn't expect him to play this type of guy um but it's really good uh if, if you have hbo max check that episode out it's really strange dude mark duplass he's one of those guys that i'm every time i see him in something new i'm like oh yeah he can act like mm-hmm, I, I feel yeah. like i forget because really i know good. him from the league yeah i know him from the league and i know him as like a producer um, and honestly, the first time, a uh, big show that Seth and I, or a big movie that Seth and I have been beating on for years, trying to get people to Gross. watch was the one I love. Hell yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's really good in that one. And ever since then, I'm like, oh yeah, this guy can act. And then every time he comes out with something new, I'm reminded of that. And more than just his ability to act, uh, not only in comedy, but in drama and in horror, he has those, those movies, those creep movies on Netflix that people yeah. enjoy. Um, but he's like really willing to try different new crazy shit. And this well, sounds like another example of that, which is I just love that when actors are willing to go outside. Because, you know, you can watch Chris Evans be Chris Evans in a thousand right. different things. Um, but it's cool that he has a lot of variety to his his um, filmography, I guess. What's also crazy, too, with like The League, um, I heard I think you heard him on a podcast he's talking about where like all the guys on The League were like comedy people. Like they went to like the Groundlings and um, Second City and all that type of stuff where they like were trained in comedy and he wasn't he was an actor and so that show is largely improv like there wasn't many scripts and there was mostly outlines and they just improved a bunch of that show and he was hilarious so it's like he went into that with no experience in terms of what they were doing and he crushed it and he was the lead so it's like you know that just the like you said he tries a bunch of different stuff and he's he's a writer and director and actor like he's awesome I'd, i'll watch anything that that guy does Except for creep, those are. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> those look scary. I like that. You can watch it. You're just gonna be like, oh, I missed it. You're just gonna be like, oh, mummy. <laughs> oh man. Not as impactful when you got to do it twice. Ah, swing and a miss there. Uh, let's see what's next here. Uh, outstanding supporting actress in a drama series. We have Julia Garner for Ozark. Seth, you you must have liked this one in, in their latest season. Ruth. <laughs> I think this is one uh, when we announce nominees that you were really excited about that you liked her a lot in the show. I do. She's great. She's really good. Um, she's great in that. She's great in the assistant. Um, that's all I know her from. <laughs> so, um, but no, she 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 is doing some great stuff and continues to work. And I can't wait for more more Ozark the final season. Boom. Uh, outstanding drama series did not go to Better Call Saul. It instead went to Succession. Uh, another year. That's another what I guess. Good, 
<laughs> another good set of categories, uh, or another good set of um, of drama nominees. All these are great. Uh, I know you guys were down on the Mandalorian, but I was I'm glad it was in the list. I didn't expect it to win, but I like that it was there. <laughs> Plus, Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't sounders. Seth is just trying to raspberry me, raspberry me out of talking about Mandalorian. But the season two Mandalorian trailer, you gotta admit, looks pretty fucking dope. <laughs> oh, he's not gonna give me that. Jared, you'll give me that at least. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I get I get no love. I get no love. I'll no even love, give myself no love. one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, man. No, I I didn't watch the trailer, and I probably won't, but I like the Mandalorian. I don't dislike it. Um it's just not best outstanding outstanding drama material. Hey, Mando. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever. Uh, let's run through some of the additional ones. Uh, Variety Sketch Series went to Saturday Night Live. No surprise there. Um, RuPaul won for hosting. Uh, I guess reality hosts is a category now. So um, RuPaul <laughs> wins for that one as well. Uh, this is interesting. So Ron Cephas Jones wins uh, Best yeah. uh, Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series for his role in This Is Us. And Seth, mm-hmm. you've been talking about him for a long time about being really good in that show. He's awesome, yeah. Um, he's, I mean, he's good in general. Every, everything I've seen him in, he's, he's great. Um, his daughter is an actress as well. Um, mm-hmm. I believe she is in Hearts Beat Loud. Um, but yeah, he's great. I, I'll do you one better, Seth. Uh, Jasmine Cephas Jones is in the is the name of the person you're trying to come up with. She's the daughter of Ron Cephas Jones and she's yeah. in Hamilton. Uh, mm. She plays, oh, maybe uh, I'm wrong then. She, she plays Mariah Reynolds and she plays um, uh, Peggy Schuyler. But the interesting fact, and the reason I, I wanted to mention him specifically, uh, she also won an Emmy this year. Um, she won for her role. I want to make sure I get this right. Where is it? Yeah. She's not in hearts beat loud. I lied. <laughs> Oh, so Jasmine's uh, award was for a Quibi show, which I guess they win Emmys too, um, for the show Free Rayshon, which actually I saw a commercial for this Free Rayshon, and it's this guy who is in his home. It's like eerily uh, timely that I'm mentioning this now. Um, He's in his home and the police, I think it's the police are knocking on his door and they want him to open the door. And he's trying to figure out why, and he's like refusing to open the door because he's afraid of what's going to happen until, and I think there's kind of this stalemate. I don't know any much beyond that, but the commercial I saw for it looked really compelling. I'm not going to get quibby, but it sounded cool. And um, Jasmine Cephas Jones appears in that and won an Emmy for her performance. And they're the first ever um, father and daughter to win Emmys in the same year. So I thought that was a cool. There you uh, have it. Pretty cool little tidbit there. Um, let's see what else for them. Um, couple of guest actors, Eddie Murphy won for his uh, guest spot on Saturday night live, which that was one of the really good episodes last year. So I like that. Mr. Robinson sketch is hilarious. (laughs) Dude. Yeah. That one is, that's one that like, it was always good, but then, but it's one of them that like, I don't know if it's timeless. Ages awesomely. (laughs) When they brought it back, it was perfect because like, um, uh, Mr. Rogers has been so in the news the last couple of years, so it was like perfect yeah. that they had that to go to. Yeah, that one was fucking hilarious. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally, uh, outstanding guest actress Maya Rudolph won for Saturday Night Live, and I can't even pinpoint what the was she Kamala? Is that I guess that would probably be yeah, 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 yeah. She recurred as Kamala. Didn't she also? So. Didn't she also win for the 
her guest on on or for her on Big Mouth? For her, I think so. Voice? I think she won two Emmys. She Bubble may have. Butter. I don't have that. I don't have that on this list because this isn't the complete list. But you're very, you very yeah, well could be. Right. I think she did. And yeah, she, she could win. Oh, you know what? I I know you're right because we talked about this earlier this week. Because I was saying she won an Emmy yeah. just for going bubble bar. <laughs> <laughs> bubble bar. <laughs> oh wow. Um, so that is our Emmy recap. Um, we may not have uh, we may not have covered the Emmys that you cared about, but let us know uh, what we missed. Like I said, on Facebook or yeah. on Twitter at Soko Show Pod. But those are the ones that we were really looking at, and uh, and our reactions therein. Seth, what do you got? I was gonna say if and if you have a problem with that, um, you can just go pull up um, your local Newsweek or Entertainment magazine and pour and run yourself a bubble bath <laughs> and read the read the winner. <laughs> I like the idea. We should we should have more people listening to the podcast in a bubble bath. I think it's. <laughs> Oh, now I need a bubble bath sounder. My guys, my soundboard is getting full. I'm gonna need to start moving some stuff off. Um, anyway, that's gonna wrap it up for the Emmys. So, uh, in addition to you know just reactions to who won, what do you think of Shit's Creek? Uh, like I said, we didn't watch, so let us know, guys, how the how the production was of the show. Did you enjoy the at home format? Uh, was it clunky? Did they stink? Was Kimmel a good host? Like I said, we we didn't watch any of it, so let us know what you thought on on um, Twitter or Facebook at Soko Show Pod. Twitbook. I'm I'm tripping over my tongue today, which is which is not a good sign because I need to go I need to go perform a monologue after we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I hope in the middle I hope in the middle of your monologue you just get tongue tied and accidentally say bubble butt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Jesus wept. <laughs> I still every single time I'm not in that scene, but every single time they go through it, I think about you guys and I laugh my fucking head off. In the um, so so that there's you're able. So we're going to be able to watch this online. You said, correct? Yep. Um, do you know which one is being recorded? Like what specific one? <laughs> So I do. Um, what's going to happen? So yeah, we're we're gonna um, so. squirrel for a second. Um, th- we're actually going to. It's not going to be like a stationary camera in the seats while we do the play. Like I'm yeah. going to go spend an, like right. a 12 hour filming day to have it taped. So it should be like pretty cool production. And I'll yeah. obviously I'll push that out to everyone who listens to the show. Um, so yeah, so I'll know. So you think so I can that one in? you need to be in, in, in like backstage and go, oh, Jesus, what? <laughs> I'll try to get one of those and I'll try to sneak in a bubble bar. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, shit. That would be funny. Uh, yeah. Thanks for allowing me a chance to, um, uh, to plug the show. Evanescent. Uh, keep an eye out on the description box for information Bring about me how back to stream to life. Yes. Wake me up. Wake <laughs> me up inside. <laughs> uh, let's always... move forward. We're going to keep things in the realm of TV, but we got to do a little bit of reviewing. JB's caught a new show for the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. 
All right, Jared. Well, you've caught something that, uh, you know, it's another one of these. This is more and more frequent on the show uh, that I'm not familiar with. So uh, you're going to have to start from scratch. What do we got this All week? All right. We're jumping over to the old Netflix machine like I always do because that's the only <laughs> thing that is still showing new stuff. But this uh, new, it's a six-episode series. It's called Sneakerheads. And, again, um, I think that there was a documentary by the same name on Netflix or some other streaming platform i guess where they actually like went into the the culture of sneakerheads and conventions and stuff like that but this is sort of taking that you know sneaker culture it opens up on the very the very first episode is kind of introducing these two guys one you know they used to be friends one is still kind of you know doing kind of just flowing through life i guess um you know going after the the perfect pair of sneakers while the other guy has kind of settled down and has a family but it's the first day of like this release of this brand new sneaker so they both see each other in line and that's kind of how this series starts off and it does a great job of starting the first episode about establishing who these characters are the other players in this sneaker game what is at stake and kind of the conflict that they run ran into and you know six episodes each episode is about 21 minutes so it does a great job in this first 20 ish minutes of setting up kind of like oh we we got to go after these brand new shoes because x happened or you know we need we need to do something um i i thoroughly enjoyed this even though i'm not like a quote unquote sneakerhead. like i don't i don't go out and buy like the best sneakers ever but there's definitely like that serious factor to it but it also gets very weird and off the rails as well i mean the two leads andrew bachelor who is the he, he was also in the two babysitter movies along with um alan maldonado i believe so andrew bachelor is kind of the the friend that's kind of just going off in life and then the alan character is the the guy that's you know married and whatnot so you can see how that dynamic is going to create this fun kind of situation of like a guy that's playing it straight where this other guy's like no we need to risk it all for these these legendary shoes that don't exist um the parts though that get very weird like i said it's funny but they they go to like mark Wahlberg's house and mark Wahlberg's in this but it's not mark Wahlberg. they they get someone to play mark Wahlberg, and it does not even look a <laughs> bit like him so i'm like okay is this doing this on purpose and whatnot and they do it a couple other times with a few other actors and you know stuff like that so it gets very strange and i think that that's what the charm of it is is very like that's that's not Mark Wahlberg. What the hell is going on? And they're like, hey, yeah, like, hey, try, hey, grab a protein shake because you know he has that whole line of protein. Like, I don't know if an act like whoever wrote this was just like, hey, let's make fun of Mark Wahlberg now. Um, so that that's the goofy side of it. Um, I had a fun time with this. Like I said, the the dynamic and the other players in this sneaker game, essentially going off finding the the fabled mythical pair of shoes out there, was was a fun journey. Again, it's it's a very quick watch. I think that there was a little bit of a padding, though. Like I feel like one to uh, like a half an episode or a half of two different episodes felt like they strayed away from what kind of was set up and they kind of like dove a little bit more into a side character and um 
more into the sneaker culture or the culture of, you know, bartering, I guess, like, hey, we're going to do this to get this to get this to get this for a very discounted price. Um, that took me out of it, but otherwise I had a, again, a fun time with this. I don't, I, who knows if they'll get a season two or whatever, but yeah, if you're any fan of kind of, you know, sneakers and kind of, you know, having, knowing that struggle of being like, oh, I have to stand in line to get the next best pair of whatever's and there's a limited time and then flipping shoes and stuff like that. Um, you might, you might get something out of this. This sounds really cool to me. I'm a wannabe sneakerhead. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a sneakerhead who doesn't want to spend money. So like I, I, I look, I have like five sneaker apps and I like get the alerts for everything. And I just, then I just don't buy them. I just like look at them and wish I bought them. Um, so I've, I've started a very little collection so far and I've got a couple of, sh- of like Holy grail shoes that I'll get someday. They're on my dream list. Um, one of them is the, um, uh, the Nikes that Miles Morales wears. Mm. And I've, I've, I've had them in my shopping cart like 10 or 12 different times, but they're fucking really expensive. So I haven't gotten them. But anyway, this sounds up my alley for that reason. And I also like this cast. So Andrew Batchelor, uh, I, as soon as you said uh, that he was in The Babysitter, I haven't seen the sequel yet, but I, he was hilarious in mm-hmm. that. And I can see mm-hmm. where you're talking about. He's the more loose guy. Yep. And then Alden Maldonado, I saw him in You're the Worst, which is still a show I'm recommending to folks. Um, and he had a kind of a bit part in that, a recurring role, and he was really funny in that. Um, so to see him play a little straighter, I think will be, uh, cause he was pretty goofy, uh, to see him play a little straighter, I think will be fun. So I, this is something, especially hearing that it's six minutes, 20 minutes, uh, six yep, episodes, six minutes, minutes. It's on Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Quibi, yeah. Um, it's that and Free Ray Sean you can watch. Um, the... <laughs> It, this is perfect for me and I'm going to I'm going to do some plane travel this weekend so mm-hmm. I may put this uh, I may put this in the download queue and check it out over the weekend. Yeah, like I said, a quick watch and I didn't even touch on some of the other players like there's this uh girl who uh you know it ha- has like all the hookups in town that they kind of established like it's essentially a crew that they build up at halfway through but there's also like this uh guy who um is completely oblivious to the sneaker game, but he's like, well, you know, I collect baseball cards and action figures. What's what, you know, it's all the same. Right. And they're like, dude, you just bought flip flops essentially. So it's kind of fun to see that too. <laughs> I dig this. That sounds right up my alley. Um, the show is Sneakerheads. You can catch this. Is this available now? Jared, when's this dropping on Netflix? Friday. So today. All right. If you're listening to this, you can go over and watch Sneakerheads on Netflix right now. And that's the only thing we got this week for the TV Corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Alrighty, we teased this earlier in the show. We're going to have a new twist on a segment that we've been doing for a while now. Let's get into uh, what's going to be a revamped version of We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and You're going to need a bigger boat. All right, Seth, so I got to throw it to you because we've essentially redesigned the way that we're doing We Missed the Boat, and as part of that redesign, we've got some movies uh, that you're going to give us some reviews on, so I'll just let you take it away from here. Yeah, so redesigned, Missed the Boat, um, basically how it's going to work. So we'll still do, we'll do a rotation, uh, hopefully Jared, um, you know, with, with the new um, way this is going to be revamped, you can... Uh, participate more in the in the miss the boat segment um but what we'll do each week here is we'll rotate kind of like we have been doing but instead of having a list of five that's always set each week um we'll each bring a a recommendation or um a movie for 
the other two to watch and we'll rotate that through so for example um i saw a bunch of classics this, this week so let's say I, I saw three classics i saw jaws i saw never ending story and karate kid let's say jared comes came to the table with never ending story Cody came to the table with Jaws, and I came to the table with Karate Kid. I can pick one of those three to watch for that week. Does that, did I explain that? Make did, did that make any mm-hmm. sense? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'll talk about those movies. But after I talk about those movies, Jared's gonna we're gonna switch it over to Cody since I technically saw three movies. I made up enough for the three of us, so suck it. Um, but uh, so Jared's gonna have a movie for Cody. I'm going to have a movie co- for Cody and then Cody's going to pick a movie for Cody, um, which he can do. We agreed later, right? That, or is that, or we pick it on the show. We picked that one on the show, correct? Yes. So you pick yeah, a movie we'll for yourself. Three. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So we'll know, we'll know at the end. So again, I'll pick a movie for Cody. Jared's picking a movie for Cody and then Cody's going to pick a movie for Cody. And then he's going to, in the next week, go off and watch one of those and come back with whatever one he can choose between the three of those. Um, and then we're also going to keep track of who gets the most picks. So if he picks my movie, then I get a point for next week type of thing. Maybe at the end of the I year we'll this. do something fun. A brand new car! Yeah, we'll give you a new car or mech stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that what what's going to be great about this is that we won't have those toy stories on our list that linger right. forever, and, and the and the list will continually so if we don't choose the three the list still goes away and it's a new three the next mm-hmm. time right. it's your turn i have that right correct? right so you're gonna you're gonna have fresh movies all the time so you could pick something classic you can pick something relatively new um whatever or Just you the, can pick you, clock stoppers <laughs> you can pick clock stoppers <laughs> Or the one we're going to talk about on um, the uh, the sex podcast, Cockstoppers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, they came but up yeah, a little so, short. Oh, wow. But basically, you're trying to pick the movie. Get out of here. You're trying to pick the movie that'll, that, that will uh, um, you think will win. So it's more of a competition. I dig it. I dig it. So before before we give, so I'm going to be the first participant, and so we're gonna before we end this segment, we'll have the list um, for my three movies that I'll have to choose between for next weekend. Before we do that, though, Seth, as you said, you've been taking advantage of some of the classic offerings at the theater. Why don't you take us through what you've seen and how that's been? Yeah. So I mentioned before I saw um, Jaws, Karate Kid, and Never Ending Story. So um, first, I, I'll just go in order that I saw them. Um, I saw uh, Karate Kid, um, which I've all of these movies, well, no, two of these movies uh, I had seen like bits and pieces and big chunks of. So, you know, I knew the overall story and stuff like that with, with Karate Kid. Know the story, even just pop culture wise, um, hearing people talk about it in podcasts and whatnot. I knew the story pretty well. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely, it's a great, I mean, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun movie. Um, it's, got um actually pretty decent fighting in it still like that it all still holds up pretty well um i didn't realize how fucking um cocky uh daniel larusso is though he's a little shit <laughs> like i can totally see how in cobra kai they're gonna make um like how they kind of make him into a dick a little bit from what i understand anyway um because like the the protagonist is um johnny lawrence so um it's it, I, I'm excited to watch that show just based after watching Karate Kid and like how they kind of flip things. Um, 
but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a it's a classic. I mean, for sure, it's a classic. It's you know, it's, I think it's a movie that everyone should see at some point, and it's a lot of fun. Um, Karate Kid, check it out. This is one, and if they if they showed this, I would probably go here in town. I honestly, guys, I'm not certain that I've sat and watched all of Karate Kid. It, I'm probably yeah. a lot like you, Seth. Like I've I know what I know it. I know all the like you know I know the crane kick and I know like the um the beats of it and I I know you know I'm familiar with it but I don't know that I've sat and watched it so that's something that I'd probably gravitate toward too if if they did show mm-hmm. it that's pretty cool um so the next one I saw is uh jaws which have you <laughs> have you sat down and watched that you like jaws not so much <laughs> <laughs> so um what I, so for one it just has a movie in itself cuz I think did it win best picture the that year i don't think so no i don't i don't even know if it was nominated i just know it's, I thought it, it was it's, it's big claim to fame is that it was the first blockbuster but i don't know that it right. won. i'll check check it out but anyway it's a really great movie um all around i mean it's the acting is great um for what they had for um like effects and all that stuff fantastic um the music is awesome um, it's a little strange at times with the music though, because it like it'll go from menacing like Duh-na, and then sometimes it'll sound like a fun, like fun little score like it'll be like that. It's like really, it's really strange the score of that sometimes. But it's John Williams, so it is awesome. Um, the the story is like it, really well done, just for because you know it, going in I was thinking it was more of like a shark attack movie, and it is, but that's really not the story. Like, there's a story around it based around the town, and that's what I want to get to. I had the realization, as I was watching this movie, that it is a perfect parallel to what's going on with the COVID. Yep. And here's why. 100%. <laughs> oh, my God. So, the fucking mayor of the town who doesn't want to close the beaches because that'll ruin the summer on the 4th of July, that's fucking Trump. The coronavirus is Jaws. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking... Um, Brody, Chief Brody, he's he's Fauci. He's like, no, <laughs> stay indoors. Get off the fucking beaches. Stay indoors, because that's how this that's how people win in this movie. You just go inside. He can't get further than the fucking beach, so just go away. That's the fucking that's how you solve it. You don't have to kill this fucking shark. Just leave. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're so right. And so I did pull up. It was nominated for three awards, best editing, or no, it won for best editing, best score, and sound. Okay. Uh, and then it was it was nominated for best picture, but it lost to another yeah. movie that's going to come up in a second. Um, that's another another classic. So you're right. It, it what? Was, it was critically received well, even at the time. I think for me, I, I think I'm a lot like you. I think I always just thought of it as the shark attack movie. And that's because I haven't watched it as an adult. But I'm glad to hear that you really enjoyed it um, because you have the ability to watch it critically now and it's not just a shark attack movie for you. Yeah. No, it's a really well done movie. I really, really like If you have a chance to see that in the theater, 100% go see it. Because even like the sound and everything still holds up incredibly. Um, and just for how little they had to work with. Like, I mean, you could tell if, if you if you watch you know enough movies or have seen like behind the scenes stuff. Um, hell, I mean, isn't part, I think part of the set or whatever was, um, we've done the tour visit before, um, the lot visit or whatever, um, like, or at least they recreated it there. Um, like they, they were on, they were in like, they were on like studio stages and like just filmed in giant pools and stuff, but it looked like 
you know, it, it looked really good for what they did. So, I don't know. I liked it a lot. It was awesome. Booyah. Jaws. Jared, when's the last time you watched Jaws? I have, uh, I also have not seen it all the way through. I, I, we talked about this a little bit before we got on air, and yeah, I've seen bits and pieces, but never actually sat down to see it from start to finish. So I think that this would be one definitely on my list to uh, see as a classic in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. I like it. 100%. I like it. I'll put that on my short list for you. Uh, and Seth, I, this third one interested, this intrigued me because I've always thought of a never ending story as like a real kids show. So I was just surprised that you, that you selected that and went to see it. But what was your experience like when you did? Never ending story. There we go. Um, I, I mean, I just went because I, it has a good, I think it's like 80% around tomatoes and, um, you know, it's a, I heard people talking about it, you know, it's a kids fantasy, you know, movie, even though it gets kind of dark. Um, but, uh, and then also like (laughs) stranger things had, had that where Dustin's singing it. Um, I was like, "Oh, that's that's a fun song." <laughs> so I, was like, uh, I don't know. So I was, I, I don't know. It was playing in a, you know, it, it was on my, it was my cut. So I was like, if if I don't get to see this um, before it leaves, and I'm not upset, you know, um, I really wanted to see both Karate Kid and Jaws. So um, yeah, I just went because you know five bucks and whatever. So um, it's, I mean, it's, it's fucking weird for sure. It's, <laughs> uh, have you guys seen it? <laughs> This is another one I saw when I was young, and like uh-huh. I know, like Atreyu is a giant dog yeah. of some sort. Atreyu, like, no, Atreyu's the kid. Atreyu's the Atreyu's kid. The kid. Yeah. And then there's you got the giant. That's pretty much all I know from it. I don't remember much. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun movie. It's a fantasy. You know, it's it, it everything. It's everything you you know think. It, it's not like, I mean, it's it's not very well acted. But I mean, it's an '80s movie with a kid in it, so it's not going to be well acted. But um, it was fun and, and enjoyable and definitely a good like kids movie. Um, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it <laughs> than, than that. I mean, it's got some strange effects and, um, it's definitely just weird looking overall, but yeah, it was, it was a little fun little movie, I guess. This is one that's, um, I think for, for people around our age or maybe a touch older, this was like one of the movies that kids watched just like a million times. And it was like one of their favorite mm-hmm. movies. Jared, were you a were you a never ending story kid when you were growing up? Nope. This is uh, another one that I, uh, I I've seen the box art so many times. Like I could, if you were to draw the the inside of the movie video store back in the day, I would know exactly where this was. Never watched it, but I know of a couple <laughs> scenes essentially. This is a good. So what uh, do you know, Seth? What else is being offered right now in terms of classics? Because it sounds like you got some. Weirdly, my theater has like pulled all those classic showings. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot that they're doing, but um, is that part of a series or, or 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 what's happening there that you've been able to see so many of these good ones lately? Uh, they just keep rotating them in and out. They're doing like five dollar classics and stuff like that. Um, this week they're playing the fortieth anniversary of. Um, empire so i'm seeing that yes which i've seen i've seen before but i'm i'm just going because um and then um they're actually playing they're counting as a classic even though it's only a couple of years old or maybe a year and a half old but uh rbg the documentary um oh, they're playing awesome. that so so i'm gonna go check that out i really wanted them to play on the basis of sex which they are in some theaters um i like that movie a lot um i would have watched that again um and then i think they're doing like uh ghostbusters i saw is coming soon um, and one other, like, 80s. I 
can't think it off the top of my head, but I think they're just kind of rotating them in and out and getting stuff in there. And I'm, I'm sure throughout October, they're going to do a bunch of like scary movies and whatnot. So I'll be there quite a bit. Awesome. I love this. Yeah. Any chance you get to see, you know, it's one thing to watch Jaws at home, like you said, but to watch it in the theater must've been super fucking cool. I'm jealous you got awesome. to do that. Um, I may try to find my way to a theater to watch Empire this weekend. I think that would be pretty fun. Star Wars, and nothing beats, to me, nothing beats Star Wars in the theater. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't even care if you're a fan. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll keep we'll keep hearing from you not only on those classics, but on We Missed the Boat. And I guess with that, we can turn to my list. And so, uh, like like Seth said before, uh, Seth is going to submit, Jared's going to submit, and I'm going to submit. And then I get, I'll get to choose over the next week one of those three. And uh, that'll be what I review next week. So what do you guys review. have in mind? Seth, have you already made a selection? Um, Jared, do you have one off the top of your head? Yeah, I wrote down a couple, and I, hopefully you haven't seen either of these, but I'm going to go with this first one. The uh, so this, one, this one's one of my favorite ones, um, surprisingly. 1982's The Thing. Ooh. Have you seen it? Have I seen... This is one of those, tell me if this counts. This is one of those that I feel like I've seen scenes from, but I can't remember having sat down and watched the entire thing. So can it count? Because I would love to watch the thing. <laughs> Seth? Seth, does that count? I think it counts. I, I, I would count that as like if you've seen bits and pieces or whatever. I think that's fine. Great. All right. Well, Boom, in that case, uh, the thing. You just made the list! I actually really liked the reboot remake that they came out with like in 2010 or whenever that was. I never saw that I don't think it got a lot one. of love. I really enjoyed it. Uh, maybe maybe if I do watch the thing, I'll, I'll watch that one right after. And I thought it was enjoyable. Um, hmm. it, it certainly wasn't bad. You know, I understand that it wasn't as beloved and didn't take off. Mm-hmm. But um, it certainly wasn't an awful movie. Hmm. Seth, what do you got for me? Hmm. <laughs> Toy Story 4. You went classics on me here. So you said, well, I, hmm. If, if we're doing another bits and pieces one, um, you said you've only seen like bits and pieces of, like Karate Kid, right? Karate Kid, I would be eligible. Let's do that. All right. Karate Kid, you're going on as well. You just made the list! So for mine, and, and it's funny that this came up because I actually didn't know that this was the case. But the movie that beat Jaws that year for Best Picture was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh. And that movie, as you guys are probably aware, has a prequel coming out. Uh, Netflix's Ratched, which is um, Nurse Ratchet, who's a character in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's like her origin or like an earlier story from her career at that hospital. And so um, I've been thinking about watching that. So that's going to be my submission. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You just made the list! Get some vintage uh, vintage uh, Jack Nicholson in my life, maybe. That's that's that actually right? streaming now on Netflix, I believe. Oh, well, fuck. Well, there you go. We'll see if those other ones are. And as much, and, you know, people are saying probably, um, you know, oh, he's just going to pick the one he, he submitted. I mean, there's a decent chance I don't have... I think that's over two hour movie. There's a chance I don't have the time to watch it. And there's a chance I'm not in the mood to watch it when I feel like uh, sitting down to do this. So uh, it's really anybody's game. And I I really like my three choices. So I'm excited to come back next week and and reveal my choice and give it a review. All right. So my list is officially The Karate Kid, The Thing, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So come on back next week to hear me review one of those in We Missed the Boat. Oh, I'm on a boat, and You're going to need a bigger boat. 
All right, let's... Ah, that last bit's from Jaws. I forgot entirely about that. <laughs> I haven't made that connection. Um, let's jump forward and talk about some more recent movies. Uh, here are the reviews for the week. Mom, what do you think? I love it! <laughs> I hated it! All right, Jared, let's start with you here. And we have uh, an, yet another documentary. You've seen a lot of these this year. Um, and this one of the true crime variety. Yes, yes, yes. Another uh, Netflix one. And this one actually comes out next week. So, you know, people, listeners out there, you you have some time to still catch this when it when it drops. But this is a, a Netflix. Preview? Yeah, it's a preview. It's for us! <laughs> <laughs> um, so this one is a Netflix true crime documentary. I think that this happened in 2016, I believe. So it's still it, it's fairly new. Um, but this one is called American Murder: The Family Next Door, and um, it's with any true crime thing. You know, it starts off. You know, they kind of set up oh missing person and a bunch of kind of reveals happen and whatnot. And this takes place with. Um, a woman, her name is Shanann Watts and her husband, and essentially she goes on a business trip with her friend. They get back really late and wakes up the next morning, and her, her kid, two kids are missing. The phone is at home. The husband comes back from work, and he's like, what, well, what the heck? Did she get kidnapped? Did they run away? What happened to this person? So it's kind of this hour and 20 minutes of, you know, slowly revealing details of what happened to this woman, what happened to the two kids, is the husband at fault? Um, so, you know, sure, it's it's kind of a glorified version of the first 48, you know, kind of they play down, um, I think it's like three, four, however many days, and they're like, oh, well, you know, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're asking neighbors, we're putting up flyers and whatnot. But the intrigue that reeled me in, essentially, is that this whole documentary is put together by text messages, video, basically it's searching the movie, but the documentary. Hmm. So it's uh, cool. footage from like the police office or the interrogation room. There's uh, like a uh, body cam footage. There's text messages. There's social media videos. There's Facebook posts. Like this woman was very active via social media and Facebook. I think she was one of those like thrive people. I think she was selling that you know, type thing. So it was a lot of like, hey guys, today we're doing this. So they were able to piece together a pretty cohesive storyline or true crime events of all of their posts and phone calls and text messages. And it's very interesting to see how they were able to put all of that together from just, you know, a text message. But you're able to find like the tone or how someone's feeling when she's texting her friend, when her husband's in the same room or whatnot. So again, it it it's not like building up to it, it's a true crime thing, so it's not like you can really throw in these twists and turns, but they do a great job of really somehow adding twists and turns into it through these like social media posts and whatnot. Um, or f camera footage and whatnot, which which I really in appreciated. But I, I again, some people kind of were hounding me. They're like, "Oh yeah, well, obviously it's not going to have this huge, you know, climax because of it's a true story." But I think that the last bit, it just doesn't land. It doesn't stick. Like the intrigue of this, how it unfolds, is great. But I'm like, oh well, okay, that's how it ends, I guess. I'm wondering, because we've heard you talk about a few documentaries, and one of the things I've heard you mention is, like, when it's a creative or different 
um, type of storytelling. Like not only does the, is the story itself interesting, but the way they told it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Is that like a must for you? Uh, or, or, or are there cases where the story does all the work for you? Or do you really feel like in a documentary, they've got to do something on the production side to keep you really reeled in and lock you down? I think that it's this weird thing where, yes, a documentary is a documentary. We're, we're taking this real-life material and we're giving it to you in an educational manner. But with the enhancements of almost technology or, like you're saying, style, it's like you got to make it somewhat interesting to keep people around. Sure, it's a true-life story. It's going to It tells you the facts from beginning to end and how all of this played out. But if it doesn't keep your attention, unfortunately, I for me, I guess, it's kind of not memorable or something that I'm going to really recommend to people. I think the, I think that's common, right? Like yeah. that's, that's the thing about a documentary. And as, as Americans specifically, we don't have a long attention span. So you got to no. rope us in with something. And we've seen this in, uh, don't fuck with cats was heavily stylized. Uh, I don't know about tiger King, but I'm sure it was. Um, yeah. Tiger and- King was a good example of just taking the insanity of these people, but then putting it in a framework that's entertaining. Mm hmm. And then uh, high score, we've talked about plenty, and, and yep. it, its stylization with the the video game aspects was really, really cool, too. So this is interesting. I think this story, just the disappearance of a woman and her kids, um, is interesting enough. But to hear that it's through that lens, and obviously on this show, we're such huge fans of searching. Um, mm-hmm. This sounds pretty cool. And this is, so this is, a, it's a film, so is it is it under two hours? Is it longer? Um, or is it broken I- up? Uh, this one, yeah, this is just a straight-up uh, film documentary, I guess. I think it's like a uh, an hour and 20 minutes, so 80 minutes. It's it's not going to take too much of a time commitment, and it's intriguing, like I said, the way that they pieced it all together. This is American Murder, The Family Next Door, and it's going to be releasing, uh, you said, next week. So is that going to be September on October 1? 30th. September, September 30th. 30th, yep. So next week on Wednesday, you can catch that one on Netflix. Alrighty, so uh, Jared, we're going to come back to you in just a second, but let's go to Seth. You saw a new one here, and this is another one of those I'm not familiar with. You're going to have to refresh. You're going to have to uh, learn me uh, about this movie from from start. Yeah, it's another small indie that probably wouldn't have got the chance to see. Um, you know, if it at least at the theater that I normally go to, if this the COVID stuff wasn't going on, I probably would have had to go down to the indie theater to see this one. So that's been a, a, a nice little benefit, I guess, of, of selfishly for what's going on in terms of movies and all that stuff. But it's called The Nest, stars Jude, Jude Law. Hey, Jude. And Carrie Coon. <laughs> um, basically, it takes place, I believe, in the 80s. And uh, Jude Law is um, involved in some sort of business. Um, he's just a general businessman. Um, but he, he, he's a guy that, um, you know, based off the house and cars and all that stuff, um, he has made a lot of money. He, he does pretty well. Um, they, they're living in New York. Um, and it's Carrie Coon as his wife. And then they have a son and a daughter. Um, the daughter is, um, Carrie Coon's. Um, so he's like the stepdad for her. And then they have a son together. And so, um, all of a sudden he just is like, all right, we got to go. Um, we're going back to London because he's British. He said, we're going back to London and, um, you know, there's a great business deal. Someone came to me and said that um, they want me to, to come come work for them and they gave me this really great deal and it's going to pay a lot more money and all this stuff. But he's just being kind of sketchy and vague and stuff. So they, they move over there and as time goes on, you um, start to see that Jude Law is being 
little bit more sketchy and some of the stuff he's saying isn't lining up and there's some lies and things like that that are kind of being um being uh sprinkled in there um so you kind of got like this like what's going on here type thing going on the whole time like you're you're kind of privy to a few things but the overall aspect of what's going on you don't 100 percent know um there's also kind of like a family dynamic going on there because um jula like he 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 really um likes the the stepdaughter but he also is like not fully like he, he almost ashamed of her a little bit because it's not his daughter and so there's kind of some weird stuff going on there with him and being shady with with that um so there's like some family dynamics going on here um it's kind of just like an like a few month slice of this really shady family <laughs> um it's definitely got some uh, really good performances in it, especially Carrie Coon and Jude Law. Um, they, they get to get to do some pretty uh, emotional scenes and some pretty deep scenes. Um, it's the, the I think the only problem with with this is is that it just never feels like it's going. Like there's not a place that it's going to end up. You just you're just kind of seeing this play out. So there's not really like I mean there's some some big moments, but there's not really like a like a big conclusion it just kind of happens and so i don't know it it, does, it feels almost not pointless because they're trying to say a few things but it doesn't feel like it was necessarily just going anywhere it just the movie was okay like it, good performances interesting story ish but it's just not it's not exciting it's really slow paced <laughs> and i don't know it just didn't really feel like it had a point to it 100% so um the premise was interesting, I think, and what they kind of sprinkled in was interesting, but the end result just kind of felt like, okay. So, it's not a bad movie, but it's not great. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for everyone, so maybe see it someday if you're bored. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a glowing you seem review. so convinced. <laughs> Five stars for The Nest. Five stars out of 20. Surprisingly decent. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly decent, yes. Oh, man. Uh, the Nest. You can check that one out. If you don't want to be entertained, apparently, <laughs> check out the exactly. next. Uh, let's go, Jared, back to you. We've got two more to cover here. And hmm, I'll let you pick because I'm interested in hearing about both of these. Which one do you want to do first? Um, let's go with Kajillionaire. Kaching, Kaching. <laughs> <laughs> um, here we go. Is this is this a movie about money? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm glad you played that. That that sets up the sets it up perfectly. Um, so this movie is definitely like an indie type feel movie. Um, Kajillionaire. It is called Kajillionaire. It is out um in select theaters. I don't know if Seth, it's shown by no. you or Cody. It's shown by you, but VOD as well, I believe. I didn't see it. Um, there. okay, well maybe not VOD. Um, damn it, Jared. Sorry, my bad, my bad. I'm gonna edit that out. Um, uh, I got a preview. So, <laughs> I don't even know what you guys have to do to watch it. <laughs> I went to one, two, three movies dot com. Um, so this movie is essentially it follows a husband and wife and their twenty six year old daughter, and they are very much running these like low level scams on the street. Um, it stars Richard Jenkins, Deborah Winger, and Evan Rachel Wood as like a completely unrecognizable character. Like she's very much wearing these oversized like tracksuit, very long, uh, like kind of f- not frizzy but like uh, burnt out hair and whatnot, and. They've just kind of raised her in this weird 
environment of like on the street she hasn't had like essentially a conventional life um i kind of compared it to like mowgli being raised by wolves and whatnot because Mm -hmm. she is just kind of looking at people or things as assets or using people for certain things to get the next big thing and it does a great job of really setting up who these despicable characters essentially are where they go into like a post office and are just kind of stealing mail from other people's slots and dodging the people that they owe money to and it's just them just being these these again people that are just barely getting by and scamming people and whatnot but then through kind of a scam of theirs they they run into another character Gina Rodriguez who is very much from a different lifestyle um from what you kind of gather she's more of kind of the well-off she was given a lot she's very stylish and whatnot while these people are you know just wearing essentially clothes from like goodwill or something like that um and it's it's an interesting movie for sure because it's this weird mixture of a coming of age um realizing who you are and a small town small time con heist movie almost um where it's balancing all of these in this unique way um i i guess it it comes from director she also wrote the screenplay miranda july who i've i've heard has kind of a unique style where you know there are some obscure scenes in here that just kind of feel like they were added um which that kind of turned me off a little bit again maybe if you're a fan of her style or previous films and whatnot they might they might work for you a little bit more but it is definitely this interesting relationship of these three people you know the husband wife and daughter but then this other outside party and how they go through this movie kind of conning people but also learning from one another where Gina Rodriguez and Evan Rachel Wood's character who her name is Old Dolio which it's so bizarre yeah very very bizarre um they very much are learning from one another where gina rodriguez is learning oh this person has no idea what life is like hasn't experienced anything while the other one is like well why are you doing this why are you wearing like a tube top or whatever like put on some actual clothes so it's interesting to see you know yeah old dolio that's her kid that's her name man it's it's bizarre that's amazing Um, and one of the main one of the scenes that really opens like you really realize that this character hasn't experienced life at all is they kind of almost are in this house and pretend play family almost like they're serving food and getting plates out and washing dishes and it's so almost like beautiful but really sad because it's like oh this person is essentially deprived of just a childhood um I, I think, again, some of those obscure scenes, which are very more artsy, indie-type feel, I think didn't entirely land. It does have a little bit of a messy m- yeah, messy message, because like I said, it's kind of juggling a couple different genres. And um, the ending was a little... I, I It didn't land for me. I know that some people are going to think that it's great, it's wonderful, and everything like that. It's very much the performances the performances of this movie are are, are what drives it uh, especially old dolio um, in this in this movie <laughs> i think um you're not the only one who's confused about this but generally speaking reviews are looking pretty good i think it's is a 91 on tomatoes um this is interesting to me evan rachel wood is one of those actresses who i first was like really aware of who she was in westworld 
and everything else I've seen her in, kind of like we talked about from Mark Duplass, is so varied and different, and she seems to really have some range. And in, in the stills I've seen from her, I would maybe have not recognized her if you didn't tell me that's who that was. So that's kind of cool that she disappears into that. And Richard Jenkins, this great cast. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is uh, this is an interesting one. Seth, uh, are, it sounds like one that you're hoping to see, and you were a little pissed you haven't gotten to. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to watch it. Um, I don't see any upcoming streaming release dates, so... Right now, it's in the theaters uh, for the moment. But, uh, yeah, I definitely want to see this one. And, uh, yeah, I'm seeing a movie with Dick Jenkins this weekend. So Nice. Even better. The uh, Last Shift. The Last Shaft for Dick Jenkins. Yep. <laughs> the Last Shaft. Wow. Dick Jenkins. <laughs> Kajillionaire is in theaters right now. Kajillionaire. Uh, you might have to do, if it's not in your theater, you might have to do a little work to find this one. But, um if you do have it in the theater, go check it out uh, as of today. It is being released. So that is Kajillionaire. We've got one more movie to cover here, Jared. And this is an interesting one here. Um, I am When I first saw the trailer for this one, I was like, nope, dumb, don't care. And I, I've now started to hear some kind of positive feedback. So I'm interested to hear where you landed on this one. Dumb, stupid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, this movie is called Onola Holmes. And this movie is... Uh, it, came, it came out on Netflix a couple days ago. Um, essentially, Enola Holmes, if you don't know this, it's it's. there's a book that this is based on, but I think that they freely just use the character, essentially. It is Sherlock Holmes's younger sister, um, who is played by Millie Bobby Brown. Um, a very fun name to Millie say, Bobby Millie Bobby, Bobby Brown. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it's very much her movie. It's this younger person who, you know, uh, was kind of raised in all of the different or learning techniques. Or, you know, Sherlock Holmes, you know that character. He's very smart. He grew up doing all of this stuff. She Robert also Downey did. The, yes, Robert Downey Jr., uh, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbutt, um, mm-hmm. all of, you know, you, you know the character. Um so it's very much her in this role, um, and kind of the setup of the movie is it's the uh, Sherlock Holmes and the older uh, brother Mycroft, I believe. They're off doing their own thing. It's the mother and Enola, and the mother disappears. So then it's kind of this uh, mystery of sorts of Enola trying to find her missing mother with all of these uh, clues that she left behind. So I will say that, and this is no discount at all, it's a junior Sherlock Holmes movie with Enola Holmes being the main person rather than Sherlock and I'm not saying that as a diss like you know a diss to the movie or anything it's very much catered more towards the younger audience I think um I think that this was a very fun mystery very endearing like I said um Millie Bobby Brown is the core of this movie she makes this movie so much fun and again she is a very endearing character that just Every time she's on screen and giving, like, delivering her lines, it's delightful. Um, they do a unique um, kind of, not uh, style, but she is very much present that you are a member of the movie. So they break the fourth wall quite a bit, and that is what was so much fun, is because there'd be something, and then she just turns to the screen and says something to you, like, you're along on this journey, along on this mystery. So it very much kind of gets you involved in the movie um yeah i think it, i mean nothing really stood out that's negative it's just a fun movie and delightful like it's it's a fun movie i like fun yeah. uh this i is, like movies i like <laughs> movies <laughs> this is getting reviewed well too 92 um on rotten tomatoes right now 
uh, with 92 reviews. So that's like legit fresh. Um, mm-hmm. I'm first question, Jared, uh, Millie Bobby Brown in this, uh, folks are going to recognize her obviously from stranger things where she's super charming and fun in that, but it's very different. Um, and then we saw her in Godzilla King of the Monsters where she didn't do anything but stare. So, um, <laughs> this seemed, this seemed like a test maybe of her range and her ability to carry something. Uh, and it sounds to me like you enjoyed her and you thought she, she stepped up to that task. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is like, she, for some reason, she just reminds me of a young Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. And that's that. what I noticed this whole time. I was like, yeah, this this uh, actress has a lot of potential. And this is, I think this movie was suited perfectly for her because, again, the, the British accents and everything, it was just so much, it was it was cute, fun, endearing, all of that. Hmm. This, is a, this is another one. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll download this one for the, um, for the plane trip as well. This seems... Uh, I've I've heard it might be fun and endearing, so uh, seems mm-hmm. like it's worth a shot. One it's question, cute, Jared. Cute, fun, before, and endearing. Cute, fun, and endearing. There you go. Uh, before Endearing. I let you go from Enola Holmes, Jared, uh, I, when I Googled this to see how the Rotten Tomatoes were, uh, Yahoo Lifestyle doing some cutting-edge journalism, they posed the question, I want you to answer it, is Henry Cavill too hot to play Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> I'm not gonna be. I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I was very distracted and had a full-on raging uh, erection while he was on screen. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Too hot. Me. Too hot to be solving mysteries. It's it's hard to watch and enjoy a movie when in me? your head all you can hear is. You know what? That was the wrong one, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> but that one worked a lot better. Yeah. What I meant to say was all you can hear in your head is. Please show me your dick. Which, you know, the more obvious the first joke. one I think the, the first one connected with me a little bit more <laughs> know, if it I'm were me alone in the theater, I'm sitting alone in the theater and just singing in my head I wish somebody would hold me now <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh, mommy I don't know why I played that one I guess that's just a that's a third sounder god it's sloppy with right the sounders course. today <laughs> yeah where's that one at it's coming right for us <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so what do we have that's it for reviews we have enola holmes uh kajillionaire and american murder the family next door all getting thumbs up but potentially skip the nest seth didn't like that one thought it was a little boring with jude law uh so four reviews this week do with those what you will that's it for our reviews mom and suck it what do you think i love it i hated it boom and suck it, I thought I heard you say so. <laughs> <laughs> An important thing there. Uh, well, as per usual, we are uh, through reviews, and that means we're just about done with our show. But before we go, got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. My one more thing is going to be, I guess, I'll just talk briefly about video games lately because I've been playing quite a bit, and I'm finding myself... Um, playing a lot of 2K because I, I've been watching the basketball playoffs and that's been really fun. But I also recently got the new Madden game, Madden 21, and it's pretty sweet, man. I think I don't always get Madden, but I got this one. And in but terms when I of, do, I drink in terms, this, I yeah, when I do, uh, I think what's interesting about this is it seems like they finally got right the balance between a game that feels realistic and a game that is smooth to play. Because I think when games get hyper-realistic, we've seen this in the WWE game series, when you try to make it really realistic, 
it ends up being like really blocky and slow and awful. And Madden has been that for a few years in a way that's been really frustrating. And this is a, it's a faster Madden. It's a smoother Madden. And it's really fun. There's all sorts of like game modes and shit that are for people who aren't me. The only thing I do, literally, I pick the Rams and I play online. It's the only thing I do. <laughs> um, but there's like a story mode and there's franchise mode and there's like the ultimate team, which has got a lot of new wrinkles and stuff. So just a quick recommend for, um, for, uh, Madden 21, but also a lot of gaming stuff has been in the news lately. Uh, my my update: I was unable to secure a pre-order for PlayStation or Xbox, so I'm I guess I just uh, don't get a new game. <laughs> um, you said so. Your review of the the um, wrestling games is that they're blocky and slow and awful. Yeah, they um, suck. that's that's actually the last review uh, from my uh, last bed partner that I had. So. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. I like that one. A little spice. <laughs> Surprisingly decent. Blocky no, and blocky, awful. Blocky, slow, and awful. <laughs> Very slow. I mean, that's. I mean, maybe slow is good, because I get fast all the time. And that's I don't true. think that's a compliment either. You're always too fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, my one more thing is something that... Uh, it had been planned a long, long, long time ago, and I finally found some time to do it. And it's with another, it's a collaboration video with uh, another YouTuber, Dan <laughs> Jensen. And it is um, a long lost 80s buddy cop movie. We finally, you know, someone restored, uh, restored the, uh, <laughs> the old footage and made a trailer for it and put it online. So that trailer is called Latino Heat. And if you people aren't aware of this, it's an 80s buddy cop movie where yours truly is playing Eddie Washington, a senior veteran cop who has to get teamed up with a new partner, Bongo, a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This thing, I laughed my head off at this thing. I caught this the other day. Um, and it's, it's, I, I don't want to give too much away from the trailer, but the way you cut in and out of different uh, footage it, I thought it was really cool. Like, it plays like a legit trailer, and it's funny, and you and Bongo are fucking hilarious. This is really well done. <laughs> For folks, like, if, you know, the JB stuff is always reviews, uh, reviews, reactions, and ridiculousness. And if you want the ridiculous category, that this is that. And if you're into JB's other stuff, like, you're going to really like this. It's right up your alley. Uh, I thought this was super well done. I, and, and I didn't know that you'd been working on it. You'd, you'd kept it a, a secret pretty nicely. And so, Oh, yeah, because... Um, <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, because uh, I, I didn't realize this, um, I, I was putting it off a lot. Um, Dan had literally wrote the script, found all the footage, sent me storyboards in, like, March. And I just completely forgot about it. And finally, after some public shaming and whatnot, I was like, okay, we got to film this, send it over to him. Um, and it was funny because, like, when you draw a storyboard, I'm like, does that mean left? Does that mean right? So I literally <laughs> recorded everything twice. Um, so I'm like, you, you get to pick what you want. And he put it together, like, all of that in, like, a day. Wow. And he, uh, the, the background music he recorded raw, like he added it all together. It was, it's wild how much work he put into that. Man, this is cool. This is uh this is a fun one. <laughs> I'm going to link to this in the description box and you may find your way, um, to Dan. What's the name of Dan's YouTube channel? Dan Jensen movie talk, Dan Jensen movie talk, uh, who interacts with Jared a lot and, and in his own right is an excellent film reviewer and hilarious dude. 
um, that if, if you've been around the SoCo show and, and around uh, J Buck Live and things, you've probably seen Dan a time or two. So uh, yeah, excellent, excellent collaboration. I can give this the thumbs up and recommend. You guys are going to want to go check out this link. Latino Heat was the nickname for Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Latino. Ah, there heat. we go. Latino Heat. Play that song. I'm not just gonna play it. It's take me a while to pull it up. And I'm feeling lazy. So after that's not on the sounder. Show. No, it's not on the board. Um, you gotta, you gotta. You're submit done with the your, show. Submit your sounders before the recording, or they're not making it in, Seth. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking um, hear it. The. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, my one more thing is that I successfully ordered and received. More pizza. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Your one more thing is that you ordered a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Gold Belly. I did Gold Belly again. Um, I want to recommend Gold Belly and use the code Poop Scoop <laughs> and you get 20% off. No. Um, oh man! But yeah, I did Gold Belly again, um, and I recommend it for anyone who ever whoever wants to get some deep dish or some uh, New York slice or whatever. It has so much shit on there, but um, definitely try out Gold Belly um, if you're wanting to treat yourself. Because uh, I've now ordered burgers and two different types of pizzas from that website, and it's fantastic. Uh, it arrives very quickly. Um, after you order it and like the freezing and all that stuff is perfect. They're, they send a bunch of dry ice on, on the bottom of it, stays frozen. And if you want, when you're done with the dry ice, you can put it in like a bucket and then watch it steam and stuff. So that's pretty Ooh. fun. Did that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh, this no, is hilarious. Go- like, <laughs> I'm just so charmed by like the shit that you do and have fun doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I keep going. No, but no, Gold Belly is awesome. Um, seriously, if you do want, like, to you know get a get like a, try out some deep dish or whatever, um, if you've had Lou Malnati's in the past or anything like that, I got Gino's East this time, so I'm trying that one out. Um, and it's like legit. Each pizza is three pounds a piece. Um, Good God! And <laughs> yeah, and they're 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 thick with two C's um, and some sausage. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, um, Gold Belly, try it out. Man, I dig this. Wow. I really like pizza. (laughs) (laughs) There's a there's a new sounder for you, Seth. Uh, Check out Gold Belly. Check out Latino Heat. And if you're into that sort of thing, check out Madden this week in One More Thing. But I'm down to one more one more thing. That's gonna bring us to the end of episode <laughs> 162 of the SoCo Show. Before we go any further, I, I I I can't believe I haven't done this yet, but I gotta get one in before the show ends. Yes, we need to go to space. My new favorite sounder <laughs> is here to stay. Um, big shouts out to our sponsors: uh, Audible, Mathis Designs, Cornfed and Wed, NPA, Room 56 Studios, and of course all of our anchor wankers. Big shouts out to all Wanker. of you. Wanker for keeping the show going, keeping it growing, keeping it improving all the time. And we have seen, in addition to the live show, which I can't say enough how floored we were by how many of you guys joined and how engaged you all were and how fun that was. Um, and we've also started to see a little bit of an uptick in general on uh, audience uh, listening to the to the show. So to the extent that you guys are sharing it with friends and bringing new people to the party, we so, so appreciate all of that. And uh, we're going to keep trying to do a good job and keep you entertained. 
Um, even Maybe. in the in-between parts where you can't see us and where you don't have to look at us, I guess is how I should put it. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, again, we got to shout out the bro host, JB. At Jared Buckendall. Thanks for being on yet again. I, I, I'm going to quit thanking you for being on because we just expect you to be on now. But uh, for folks <laughs> who are uh, thinking about what they're going to be watching this next week on J Buck Live, what can they look forward to? Or just J, or just this channel in general, I should say. Um, oh, let's see here. Again, uh, sneaker, sneakerheads, if you want some more uh, thoughts on that, I guess, or an opening, a funny opening, watch the first 10 seconds, I guess, like it. <laughs> um, Lovecraft on Sundays. Uh Ooh, next Monday, I have a review for uh, a movie called Possessor. Um, you can you can watch the review there or get a review here next week, and it is. Uh, whew, I I was uh, I was very excited to see that movie. Is that coming out on VOD? <laughs> uh, I don't <laughs> so know if like, that does it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one that one comes out on VOD next Friday, I believe, uh, October second. I don't know if it'd be in the theater around here or not. Um, if it, if with this, how creepy it fucking sounds, um, dude! It is literally. I use the b word, bonkers. Because <laughs> if if I have the choice of watching this in the theater or at home, I sorry, Marcus, but I'm gonna have to support the uh, VOD market on this one because I'm not gonna go see that in the theater. Oh man, I have not heard of this, but j- literally only based on what you guys have just said, I'm seeing it. I, I don't care. Yeah. I don't need to know anything more. I'm just going to try to go in, uh, go in fresh and see The Possessor. Uh, very excited for that. And uh, is just this... Just Possessor. I don't want to... Oh, sorry. Possessor. I don't want to tease too much, Jared, but could this be as many horror movies are and ending explained poorly? Oh, 100%. I, I've already watched it twice. I need to watch it one more time. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Keep an eye out for Possessor as well as J-Buck Live every Tuesday and all sorts of, uh, as we said before, reviews, reactions, and ridiculousness over there. Don't miss Latino Heat. You guys got to check that one mm-hmm. out. Oh, oh, um, one, one last thing. I think next oh, week, fingers crossed, we'll see if it see if it actually happens. Might have to push it a week. But every morning, morning for a couple hours now, I think I'm going to try to stream on Twitch. Um, stay, stay tuned for more updates. There you go. I like that. Stay tuned for more JB on Twitch. Seth and I will be there from time to time playing some Fall Guys and... Uh, we'll see what other games we get into as well. But, uh, yeah, check out Jared everywhere you can find him, all the social medias and all that stuff. At Jared Buckendall. And that's going to wrap us up yet another episode this week. <laughs> it, now, now it feels weird not seeing you guys. Uh, like, I, I feel like I could get used to the video thing pretty quick. But um, as, we, as as you guys all know, just, just the one video episode per month and uh, the rest of the majority of these are still going to be audio. Because uh, we don't have fucking time to do a video every time. That takes some doing. Mm-hmm. But anyway... That's going to do it for this week's uh, episode of the SoCo Show. It's been number 162 for the bro host, Jared Buckendall, and for the so host, Seth Ott. I've been the co-host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye.